it's scary right now in the business, but I would absolutely be looking at you know doing some lean events right now because when you come out of this, if you were more lean than you were when you went in, you're going to be far more competitive. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast, where we cover five topics in five days in about five minutes. The only place in the world where you can get daily lean coaching. Your host is Tom Reed, and he shares his 30 years of experience and covers leadership, culture, entrepreneurship, lean methodologies, industry 4.0, and interview special guests on their lean journey. We're glad you're here. So let's go. Welcome in to the American Lean Podcast. It's episode 216. It's Friday. So that means we interview companies that are on their lean journey. And today's a little unique. I'm going to be talking to a buyer at a multinational, very large organization, and he's going to give us some secrets on how to become a supplier and what they are looking for from their supply base for success. And we're going to pick his brain a little bit and learn some inside secrets, how to become an excellent supplier to these large companies. So welcome in, James. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. So you are unique in the fact that you worked also at the on the supplier side. You were at a machine shop in uh, San Fernando Valley. So tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a trainer. Uh, I, like <laughs> to go um, I will always be a supplier at heart. Um, but I also knew as I was getting older, if I was ever going to make a change, the time was now. I looked out, headhunter found me. They offered me something that was you know beyond a normal you know, straight purchasing position. And I said, you know, what the heck, let's go for it. And I, I made the change. Right. When you were at the machine shop in San Fernando, you guys undertook some lean activities. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. I started in sales. Uh, what I did, it was about $3 million a year or so. Uh, when I left uh, and transitioned to the operations side, we were up to 15, 16 mil. So we, we grew. We grew right size. We grew the right way. And, and I truly do feel a lot of that has to do with our ability to take lean concepts, use Kaizen events, use consultants, learn from them. Uh, I often said that, you know, you only know what you know. I mean, you right. can only do so much without asking others for input. Um, and I think that's what's great about the way this industry and business has changed is people are, maybe not everybody, but they're more and more open with each other, sharing the secrets, sharing, you know, why to do it uh, and not hoarding that kind of information. So, uh, and as a sales tool, I got to say that, you know, rolling out uh, four and after shots after a five-day Kaizen, you know, dropping yep. the lingo, it, it, it really put me on a, uh, a higher pedestal, if you will, to my competitors who were more talking about machines and how great they are at machining. I, I, I tried to sell something a little bit different because sure. we all know there's thousands of machine sure, shops. Right, right. Yeah, just got to have that unique value proposition, right? Absolutely. So who were some of your customers when you were at the machine shop? Well, we hit them all. We had a, a large amount of work with Boeing, both on the commercial and military side. We had uh, Northrop work. We had Lockheed work. We had Parker. We had Woodward. We were, you know, everywhere. We were, you know, the epitome of a job shop, uh, sometimes to our detriment. We weren't able to, uh, you know, maybe grab the, uh, the consistent work, <laughs> the work that's now dried up. So it actually worked out well for them because they are doing incredibly well right now because they weren't overly leveraging one project or one program. We had a lot of interaction with the majority of your tier ones and your primes. You know, so you were working with the tier ones and the primes. What is it they, that you felt that they were looking for when you were on the supplier side? At the heart of the matter, they wanted to see systems and processes in place that would lead to on-time delivery and quality and a good price. And a lot of that got boiled down to how lean you are. What, what are you doing uh, to get better? I mean, you can talk about unattended hours. 
You can talk about maximizing cutting times. You can you know talk about LTAs with processing houses to save you know pennies here and there. Uh, but really, it's like what are you doing to make yourself as a whole a better organization? And not even necessarily just on the production side, but office accounting. You know what can you do that 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 makes you special? That makes you different. Okay, excellent. So now you're on the other side, right? You're a buyer for a large multinational organization. Now that you're on that side of the fence, what is it you guys look for when you evaluate potential suppliers? It's actually fairly similar. Uh, the message really hasn't changed in 20 years. The only thing that's changed is that that a company of our size is looking for suppliers that are able to, you know, for lack of a better term, be our bank. We need suppliers that are able and willing carry 90 days, 120 days. We need suppliers that are flexible. Uh, when we see what's happening right now with the COVID and right. before that, the 737 MAX, there are push-outs and there are reschedules and not everybody is able to withstand that. So when, you know, especially like maybe the commodity management level, when they get involved, they want companies that are $15, $20 million a year companies that are able to be their bank. It's not for everybody, uh, which is why there's so many machine shops that do really well, not chasing the tiers and the, the, the tier ones and the primes. You know, there's uh-huh. plenty of work to go around. We need the flexibility. We need clear, concise you know, communication that seems to be getting more and more difficult. Asking a supplier a question and you get an answer to something that wasn't part of your question. Uh, I'm seeing that word. You know, I don't know okay. if it's a generational thing. But it is something that is problematic. And we're really looking for somebody that can take on a great deal of work. I know it's counterintuitive, but every prime and tier one has a dollar value assigned to a to a supplier. And to keep that supplier on a approved list of whatever kind, there is money associated with that. So you need to bring something that makes it worthwhile for them to pay the X number of dollars that they assigned to that, call it $10,000 a year to keep the supplier active. You need to bring something. So you're coming in, you're replacing somebody else's work, and you're adding to your own. So it's, it's growing a book of work within the organization to make it cost effective to add a new supplier because there is a great deal of time and money associated. I got Tom's machine shop, right? What are maybe three tips that you would give me that would help me be successful in working with a prime. And you know what? I'm shocked to even say this in 2020, but have a concise website. Okay. Um, I, 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 no exaggeration. This year alone, I've looked at four or five suppliers that were suggested to me, and their equipment list isn't there. Their approvals isn't there. It doesn't have to be you know, bangs and whistles and automation and all that stuff, but right. it needs to be current and it needs to be correct. Okay. Uh, it's really, in my mind, important. So that's a pretty simple one. What else? Share your lean journey. Okay. Um, that, that's part of the lexicon. Um, it, it's not a buzzword. It is It is a necessity. It's a necessity to be competitive in aerospace. You're not going to be able to deliver a quality product at a competitive price if you're not lean. Uh, that may look different from one company to the next, but everybody needs to have that. And that should be something that you're vocal about. What are you doing? What have you done? Okay. Befores and afters. Use the vernacular. Show that you know what it is because that goes miles to prove that you're able to you know, walk the talk, if you will. Okay. So somebody's, you know, if you're looking for a supplier, you don't see that. 
what would you suggest that they do? Should they get a consultant? Should they, you know, what, what would be your approach? I know with everything, at, especially at a small shop, everything's return on investment. I get that. I think most organizations can bring in and should bring in a consultant. But if you're creative in how you look at return on investment, you're going to get far more out of that engagement, whether it's one, two, three days or an entire week. You're going to get more out of it than you realize. Sure. But you need to be willing to take the leap. You, you need to be willing to put in the time. You need to be willing to put your, your leadership team together to make sure everybody's on board. Can you do it yourself? Sure. You can go out and read the books. You can go to Lean Institute. There's things that you can do on your own. But to me, that only really kind of that gives you the background of why this will work. But the first couple of times you do it yourself, you really benefit from having an expert that comes in because they can cut through the two or three days that would take you to do it yourself of background and education, and they can come and boil it down for you. And, and at the end of five days, you will see an improvement. And, and I'm, I'm not naive enough to say that you're going to, you know, shoot to the to the top. But there, there is an absolute benefit from those lead journeys. Every single one, and every single one has a benefit to it. So I would absolutely go out and get a consultant, and then see how that works, and read up on it. And if you think you have that person, or you can afford to hire a black belt or a green belt, you know, by all means. Otherwise, bring a consultant in. Sure. Um, the other thing that I found about having consultants when we would do it, um, I called it the Jenny Craig effect. You're more willing because you paid somebody to come in and do something. Ownership and management is far more willing to spend the time to make sure there was follow through, to make sure that there was a payoff on the end. Sometimes if you do it on it yourself, well, you know, we were going to do this event this week, but we're kind of busy, so let's do it next week or next week or next week. It's scary right now on the business, but I would absolutely be looking at, you know, doing some lean events right now because when you come out of this, if you were more lean than you were when you went in, you're going to be far more competitive. Yeah, it's like baseball, right? When do they get better? Well, they get better in the off season, and this is, and this is an off season, right? You know, people need to take this time, and I, you're right, it is scary, and nobody knows what's going to happen, and you can't totally read the tea leaves right now, but you really do get better in the off season, and and that's what time this is. So I do I agree with you. I think that organizations that are that take the time to begin a lean journey now, they can get a lot more done, right? You can you can fix a lot more stuff now because you're not going at 100 miles an hour, when stuff does come back, you're going to be in much, much better shape to perform. Absolutely. And, and the advertising and the marketing cachet of doing that to reach out to your current supplier, excuse me, your current customers, and then future customers that, you know, during the close, you know, the shutdown, the right. close up in, in the quarantine of COVID, we took upon ourselves to better ourselves so we can be better for you when this came back, because we know it will bounce back uh, and we're better off for it. Yeah, that's, Not everybody's going to be able to say that. Yep, no, and you're right. That sends a great message. Excellent. Anything else? Any other tips for us? You know what? Know who you are. Don't overextend yourself. Don't take on a, a bad fit for you just to get your foot in the door. That kills many, many, many good suppliers. We as an organization will look for people. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's prototype. And you say yes, and you give us a great price and great lead time. Everybody's happy because you've got your foot in the door. You have a PO from you know a nice prime or tier one, and all of a sudden you get in there and you realize, oops, this isn't really manufacturable. I see it all the time. Hmm. Know who you are. Know what you can do. Trust me, no matter what you do, bringing in a bad job and not delivering on that will do far more damage to you and your reputation than saying no and waiting for the next one to come down the line. Excellent. Great advice. Thank you very much. 
All right, my friend. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for those tips, those insider tips. We appreciate them. And I hope you have a great one. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we are honored to serve you and we hope that you and your company are getting a little bit better every day. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast and share it with others in the lean and business community. If you'd like to turbocharge your lean efforts, please visit us at AmericanLean.com.